So I'll be real honest with you. Normally, this time of year is pretty much, I think, the toughest time of the year. And I'm usually pretty darn depressed when we hit this particular week. Now, for whatever reason, it's not so bad this year. Now, what do I mean? Like, why is it normally like kind of a depressing time? You may notice that this morning, the deacon and I are like moving around up here with a lot more ease because there's not like an avalanche of poinsettias like coming out at us. And the trees are now gone and the nativity scene is gone. And normally, at that point, like I'm just so sad that the whole thing, you know, it's like it comes on you so fast and Christmas is so amazing. It's the holly jolly season, the most wonderful time of the year. And then, you know, everything's back to normal. Now, to be fair, we've got like the most beautiful church this side of the Mississippi, so that helps, you know? But it's funny, and also I'll just say it, the church doesn't really like do us a whole lot of favors either. It's like Christmas, it's amazing. Then what's next Sunday? Ordinary time, wah, wah. You know, it's like just like, uh, that's the name, really? Ordinary time? Now, I know why the reasons, and they're good, and all, but it's like, yeah, it's like, okay, we take the avalanche of poinsettias and trees and nativity scene. Here, put this green on, and we're going to call it ordinary time. Okay. Like, it's just one of those things where normally in the past, like, it's always just, ah, uh, it's so hard, and they're the hardest chores of the year in taking all of that down. Now, why it's easier this year, and I don't just think it's because I'm getting older and lazier, because three weeks ago, I was dead tired at this point on Sunday, because it was Christmas Day, and we had just run a whole marathon of masses, and you know, midnight mass, everything else amazing, and then you're just like tired as can be. I don't think it's because of that, like we're sort of into an easier point of the year, so to speak, that I'm feeling so much better. I think it's as we look at what the church is telling us with this ordinary time that gradually makes it easier and easier. And in fact, this particular Sunday, it's a unique one in the whole of the liturgical year. Like I said, it's the second Sunday of ordinary time. You may remember, it's like, wait a second. Now, last Sunday, it was the epiphany. It wasn't the first Sunday of ordinary time. Um, We were still in the midst of, you know, all of the excitement of Christmas. And the three kings are coming, and they're bringing their gifts and the star and all that. And then on Monday, we had the baptism of the Lord. And then this Sunday, it's very interesting, every year, the church gives us like this part of the Gospel of John. Now, you know, typically, like once we get into a year, like we're in liturgical year A, we start moving through a different gospel. So we just finished year C, that was Luke, year B is Mark, and then starting next Sunday, we're going to get into Matthew. So we're going to jump to Matthew 4 next week. But then this Sunday, it's like we're not even into that yet. We get this part of the Gospel of John, either the end of the first chapter, where it's like this reflection on the baptism of the Lord, or in year C, we get the wedding feast at Cana. So with the wedding feast at Cana, at least, it's like you got the epiphany and the baptism, and then you get Jesus' first miracle. With this one, it's like, okay, let's just kind of meditate on what's just happened. And like I said, typically in the past, I've been kind of down this time of year, but it's a beautiful thing to get to just kind of stop and reflect on what's just happened through this whole season, to reflect on who we have in our midst. And even with the church giving us this gospel, I mean, think about the way that it opens with this quote from John the Baptist, behold the Lamb of God 
who takes away the sin of the world. Now, it sounds really, really familiar to our ears. Why? Because I literally get to say that phrase every day of my life when I hold up Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. And when you think about that in the midst of, like I said, the epiphany, the baptism, the wedding feast at Cana, all of those are awesome things. And even on this Sunday, sometimes we get the wedding feast at Cana, where Jesus moves into this public ministry and shows what he's going to do, right? That he takes six stone, water, stone vessels for washing, turns that water, basically 180 gallons, into the greatest wine that anyone's ever had. It's an amazing event. But I love St. Augustine's commentary on that first big public miracle of Jesus because he says that the wedding feast at Cana points to the fact that wine itself is a miracle. It's just Jesus decides in that event to speed up the process. What does that mean? I mean, when you think about it, he takes that water and turns it right into wine, but the very fact that we can take grapes and smash them and ferment them and then have this amazing thing called wine, and then Jesus decides to go above and beyond Cana to take that amazing thing that we have called wine and to turn it into his blood that he pours out on our behalf for what? The forgiveness of sins, to take away the sin of the world. And the beautiful thing is at this time of year is to recognize that it's not just at the wedding feast of Cana. It's not just during Christmas, but it's every day of the year that he continues to be with us, to pour out his blood for the forgiveness of sins, to be in our midst. And I think it's one of those things where, yes, the Christmas season is so amazing and it's so good to have these times of the year that really highlight what's going on. But in the same way that it's so amazing that Jesus would turn 180 gallons of water into the best wine ever, sometimes you got to sort of slow down and just enjoy the wine for a little while. And I feel like as we move into ordinary time, that's what we're called to do, to recognize the fact that our Lord has entered into all of this with us. And during this ordered season that gradually unfolds, to see him working in our day-to-day -day life. Yes, admittedly, sometimes it's not happening so fast like it did at the wedding feast at Cana. And yet, just like wine that is fermenting somewhere, you know, in a wine vat at this very moment, the miracle of fermentation is happening. And the miracle of Jesus' presence in our lives happens for us too. And not just at the great big seasons. I listened to a podcast a little while back and I think maybe this is part of why things are going so well this year. It talked about how we need to live our lives more vocation than vacation. And this is what it meant by that. Now, I know when we hear vocation, in fact, there's going to be a prayer in the petitions today about an increase of vocations to the priesthood and religious life. That's usually the way that we hear that. The word vocation comes from a Latin word vocare, which means to call, right? But the thing is, even if you're not a priest or religious, which is most of us gathered here, you do still have a calling. Our Lord is still calling you each and every day to follow him. In fact, as it said in that reading from Isaiah today, I love this line, it is too little, the Lord says, for you to be my servant. What's he come to call you? His son, his daughter. I just read this beautiful quote yesterday on Bishop Barron's daily email that comments on the gospel. And he was quoting another wonderful scripture scholar who said, 
The great joy of being a disciple of Christ is not that we're called to be servants of Jesus, to be his workers, but that we're called to be with him. And he wants to be with us in our day-to-day lives. And like any relationship, it gradually unfolds over time. You can even see kind of subtly in this gospel the fact that John the Baptist's relationship with him is growing over time. He uses the phrase twice, I did not know him, right? And yet, he's gradually seeing this glory unfolding before him. And the same is true for us. And this is the difference between vocation and vacation. This is happening all the time. If we only live our lives about vacation, right? I got to get through this. I got to get to the next break. I got to get to the next Christmas vacation. We miss out on what's happening in day-to-day life. And the fact that every day he is present to take away the sins of the world, to take away that which alienates us, to take away that which ruins the relationship with him and with one another. He's there. And yes, sometimes it's not as obvious and in your face as it was at the wedding feast of Cana. And yet, it's still happening every day. And so to not live our lives just trying to get through to the next break, but ultimately to recognize the fact that in ordinary time, as we are called to be holy, which doesn't mean that it's sort of like, ah, I can't really live in this world. No. He has entered into all of this with us to be in the midst of the gradual unfolding, the gradual seeing of his love lived out in our day-to-day lives. It's too little for you to be my servants. I've called you to be a light to the nations. And as we live out that light, recognizing that, no, it's not just a dark, depressing time of the year. Yes, I miss the Christmas lights. I love them. I'm sad that they are gone. But... The good news for us is that by our baptism, we have the light of Christ in our hearts. And we've got to let that continue to grow. And the beautiful news is, is it does, little by little, every single day. And we've got to have eyes to see. We've got to ask for that grace to sort of slow down and not just to be workers for Jesus, but to be with him. To be sons and daughters, brothers of Christ, sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father, who recognize the fact that that glory has come into the world. The light has come into the world, and the darkness has not overcome it. If we live that vocation, we listen to His calling each day, it's going to make ordinary time a whole lot better. To recognize how glorious it is that He enters into the ordinary Don't just try to get through to the next break, to the next weekend, to the next vacation, but to see the fact that in ordinary time, God himself has become one of us. God himself continues to dwell with us, and he wants us to shine with that light of his love and to shine it everywhere that we go. Praise be Jesus Christ.